Hello and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock and this is a special edition, the Reincarnated Book Tour with special guest, Allison Andreas. So, you know by now, I'm doing a book tour because I wrote a book. I wrote a book, Reincarnated, How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Love Set Me Free. Uh, You can find it right now at amandapollock.com. And also $1 from every book goes to St. Jude. And on this book tour, I am gathering up some of my favorite people who also were along for the ride uh, with or without their, not consent, but you'd, I took you anyway. Um, but it's a lot of the people uh, who really shaped me through the years. So I'm bringing some of my favorite gals on to chat about their own reincarnations. And, you know, maybe you'll learn some things, some more things about me. I don't know. But anyway, I have my friend Allison here. She is a business owner, photographer, <sighs> love of my life. Allison, I'm so excited that you're on here. Hi. Hello. Yay. We're doing it. We are. We're doing it. So we met 15 years ago in August. No. Because we had just graduated from high school. How are we old enough? (laughs) I don't accept that I'm old enough. To be an adult and have met somebody 15 years ago. No, I still feel like I'm meeting you late at night to go to Mel sometime. Oh, yes. No like ketchup. before you stopped eating meat. Yeah. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, we met because we worked at a terrible retail shop that I'm not even going to say. But... Mm-hmm. um. All you have to say is retail shop in an outlet mall <laughs> in the suburbs. And I feel like that paints a picture of mediocrity uh, and frustration. I think yeah. you are correct. <laughs> I think you are correct. <laughs> but yeah, we met, um, yeah, a very long time ago. Wow. Been through, been through a lot of stuff. It has been a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have kids now. Oh my God. I know. You own a house. You're a real, you're a real adult. I know. I don't accept that either. Sometimes there's there's a certain amount of pressure with being a a real grown up because I don't always feel like it. (laughs) I mean, who even knows what that is? Like, I don't know. I thought, I thought when you were in your early thirties, uh, I don't know that you'd have like, you know, like a real like adult wardrobe. Like sometimes I look around, you know, just goofy stuff like that where you feel like I'll have this wardrobe and I'll have these things and I'll look put together. I look the same as when I was 17. Still wearing yoga pants, still wearing hoodies all the time. My Go hair's your Birkenstocks. <laughs> My hair's probably not combed. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I think I thought when I was in my early 30s, I would have a much larger retirement account. Oh, good grief. Are you, I don't yeah. even want it. Yeah. Look at it. <laughs> I, f- I feel that so hard. Well, and I think you feel the pain of 
deciding to strike out on your own and doing your own thing and how there's obviously a lot of reward in that risk, but sometimes the downside of the risk is that financially, like you can you can pay your taxes, but you can't save for your kid's college education for a while. And it's okay. Like I've had to accept that. <laughs> it's hard, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So let's see. When, take me back, because... I I know I was there, but also like I don't remember times. So, okay, when was it that you first realized that you wanted to be your own boss? Um, well, I really didn't like my insurance job, so I think when I started that job, I was always looking for a way out of that job, but I just wasn't sure how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I shot my first wedding in two thousand and ten. In October 2010, so right after I got married, I shot my first wedding, and it was super fun. Um, and I thought, well, maybe I could just kind of do this as a side hustle, maybe a creative fulfillment, because I was working in a call center. And then just kind of, obviously, happenstance kind of has something to do with it, and luck has something to do with it. But I kind of just put out into the universe that I thought it would be fun to be able to do that as a job. And hooked up with some people in the wedding industry who were really well connected and ran, still do run a very successful wedding blog in the Bay Area. And I think that a combination of like obviously natural talent and perseverance and personality um, catapulted me into the industry in a way that I never imagined would happen in the first like two years. I mean, I was shooting like 15 weddings in my first two years, like each year, my first two years in business. And I, don't know if like just being a really good photographer is so much what got me there or if it was good connections and um, finding the right fit of clients and that kind of stuff. Um, I was still working my insurance job at that point and I wasn't ever really sure if I was going to be able to pay my bills just doing that job Mm -hmm. until Fred actually was the one that really sat down and said, I think that you could make this happen. Like you have been working really hard at this. You should try to make this happen. And you set a goal of, you know, by December of this year, I'm going to quit my job and we're going to just do this. Um, and then my job started to really suck. (laughs) (laughs) As it happens always. Where I was looked over for a promotion and I felt like I really deserved. And the person that took that job really didn't have any respect for me as a human and mm. I remember coming home one night feeling just really dejected and sad about it and Fred told me just you should just quit like you should just quit in September get through the rest of the season and quit your job and I did I basically gave a 30-day notice which was I felt very generous um <laughs> oh my goodness I know we were kind of looking back I was very young yeah <laughs> We were trying to be nice. I think I was trying to be nice. And I have that kind of naivete about like, they actually don't really care. Like Mm. if I quit, they'll replace me and it's fine. But I didn't think that way when I was young. I felt nervous about leaving that place when really it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So I left that job in October of, oh my gosh, I'm going to say 2012. I guess it was 2012. 
I lost my job October 2012, and I have not looked back since. I mean, it's always it's always interesting too how other people how you're talking about Fred, your husband, is the person who is like, no, you you have you have to do this, you have to set this thing because sometimes I think that we are so afraid. What you were just saying of like, I don't think that I could make money doing this like full time. I don't, you know, there's all of these self doubts and like, it's so easy, even when you have a job that you don't like, but keeping it because it's safe and you kind of are familiar with it. Right. Like fear and comfort are very big motivators for me. Uh, I don't know why, right? Like I'm a Scorpio, which you are too. I am not a Scorpio though. We're like, we're only a day apart. And yet (laughs) we are completely different ends of the Scorpio Mm -hmm. spectrum. Uh, But fear and familiarity and comfort are very big motivators for me. Like, I don't want to get a new car or I don't want to get a new house or the fear of not knowing what would happen. Like if I step off a curb and there's a pothole there instead of the pavement, right? Like Mm -hmm. that was what I was always kind of feeling. And I think I really needed somebody who also had a, had like a stake in the game, right? Like mm. it wasn't just my mom or my dad or my friends or whoever saying like, you should do it. Like just quit your job. It was my husband who was my partner and like it was going to affect him financially and emotionally to, to say to me, like, I have faith in you. I believe that you can do this. You will be so much happier, right? Mm-hmm. Even times when I'm not that happy, when it's just how the business is where it can be very exhausting it is so much better in comparison to what I could be doing right now <laughs> if I had stayed in a corporate job and just went up the ladder and tried to make that seem fulfilling yeah yeah and I want to go back to something you had said about manifesting and putting things out into the universe because I also believe that and it's always interesting too because I don't believe that the most successful people are the most talented. I think a lot of it is just this weird, you know, like I, yeah. And so what were like in that, that beginning stage, what were some things that like you did that you felt you manifested or like intentions that you had that came like, you know, was it growing a community? Was it, you know, meeting, meeting certain people? Cause I've had that where, I've wanted to meet someone and then through whatever just crazy series of events, it's like you meet them and it's like, what the, how did, how did this happen? I still haven't met Justin Timberlake. So, you know, I think the manifesting thing's a little bit broken, but you know. Listen, you're still in your early (laughs) thirties. You have a lot of manifesting in your life. You live in Tennessee. You're so much closer than you have been before. It's true. It's true. So... (laughs) You'll get there. You'll get there, girl. <laughs> um, I think some of it was that I thought at the beginning, I thought, well, this job is really fun. Like, let me just, I was very young. I was like 23, 24 when I, so I was 20, almost 24 when I shot my first wedding. So I was in, when I think about it, I was very young, right? Maturity wise, I was very young. So for me, it was a lot of like, I'm just going to put out there that I'm like doing this new project, right? Like my own version of a chain letter, right? Like I am creating this cool new thing. Let me talk to you about it, whatever. Like 
um, posting on Facebook all the time, right? About this project that I was working on, just really trying to amplify my voice to get attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And even if the people that saw it never contacted me, then maybe they would pass my name on or send it to somebody else. Or, you know, there was that chance that maybe they would connect me with the right person. Um, So in the beginning, it was really just about like, having fun and trying to build a portfolio that I could showcase to people. And I didn't really understand who I was or how my role in the community at large, like the wedding industry community at large mattered. Right. I mean, here's the thing, everywhere you turn, there's like a late twenties, early, early thirties, freshly married woman with a camera who's deciding to shoot weddings. Like I was not a or do family sessions. Rarity. Right. So I think I was just like, well, I'm going to do this for fun and see where it takes me. And then as I started doing weddings and I started meeting people in the Bay Area, particularly, I found that what people are truly craving is somebody who they connect with at like a cellular level Mm -hmm. um, that really can kind of listen more than talk and help them feel good about themselves and about each other and about all of the decisions that they're making through that process. Mm -hmm. And as I started to realize that, I knew that I could kind of shape who I was and who I was communicating myself as almost as a form of, if you build it, they will come. So if I start to really shape myself as a person that is inclusive and kind and patient and calm and also like an artistic person who can help someone feel more creative or feel confident if I can make myself that person, then those clients who are out there looking for that person, and that has really been what has happened, um, which I'm incredibly grateful for. I love that. And so kind of also it's, I, I want to put some emphasis on like that between time when you were doing both, because I remember, I remember like, I think that was also like when I had, you know, been starting school and stuff. And I remember there was like months where like we hadn't talked and we were, we FaceTime one night. It was hella late at night and you were, yeah. And you were working, you know, it was, you were working It was super late. I had been studying whatever. And it was like, oh, Hey, hi. Um, cause stuff was really crazy, but I mean, you were working full time and you said that you shot 15 weddings in the first while working a full-time job yeah Yeah. so what all like does shooting a wedding really entail when also like when you're able to do what you do because I know that you know right the dream instead of people telling you what to do (laughs) It, it is kind of an interesting job too where I think um there are still a lot of people that are telling you what to do right there are I mean the wedding magazine industry is a multi-million dollar industry and Pinterest exists as a way of telling you how you should exist. Um, and so I've had to push a lot of that to the side because it's very hard for me to not feel like imposter syndrome. Mm. Feels it at some point, I think just accepting that it exists and then pushing past it is what's important, you know? Um, so there, yeah, there were lots of like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., nights where I would be up late because I would be focusing on final products. Um, 
I would say, so from start to finish shooting the wedding, you get the initial inquiry and you're very excited. Someone found you through a wedding website or through a friend of a friend or by Googling like Napa wedding photographer. And my website pops up and they connect with me and send me an email. And so I get that initial excitement of like, oh, somebody new. Like, this is great. Uh, I, I'm still uh, attention getting, right? Egoist. Um, I send them an informational packet, make an invitation to meet, which I think for me is really important, trying to make that initial connection mm-hmm. and not just being like, here's my information, give me your money, um, which I think is easy for a lot of people to do. So trying to create an initial contact and create an initial connection for me is like the biggest first step in the process because I feel like if I don't connect with somebody, none of us are going to have fun. Like if I don't connect with you and you hire me, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it and you're not going to enjoy it. And then in the end, we probably won't have a positive experience mm-hmm. looking through your pictures and all that stuff. So really making that initial connection for me is one of my favorite parts and I get really nervous. I'm kind of, I'm a weird introvert in that I don't like to go to parties by myself, but I'm also extroverted in that I can take command of a group really well. And I think that has suited me in this business. Um, So after initial contact, you know, hopefully you hire me and we shoot an engagement session and get a chance to know each other and have some fun. It's way less pressure. Um, and then I go through the process of helping you schedule your day, right? Like, what time is your ceremony starting? What time should we do your photos? Do you want to see each other before the ceremony? What are, for you, your top five like, most important things about this day and how you want it to go? I would say that, like, 95% of the people that I work with, for them, they just want to be able to be present and enjoy mm-hmm. their people mm-hmm. and enjoy being together with everyone and being able to just celebrate a new chapter. Um, it's not necessarily about aesthetics or the, um, how Instagram worthy it will be or any of that kind of stuff. And um, so I think when I'm having these initial conversations before the wedding day, I'm trying to make sure that we're on the same level. It's like what I like to capture, capture is like, romanticized version of reality mm-hmm. reality but in really good light you know <laughs> and that's what I want them to see when I give them my photos where it's like wow I forgot how pretty that looked or I forgot about that so, yeah. so the the idea that like a wedding photographer just shows up and takes a bunch of pictures and goes home and edits you to high heaven and delivers them and then collects that that check isn't really a reality because for the wedding, thinking about them and their timeline and their photo list, making sure that there are some dynamics that we need to work through, that I'm sensitive to that, you know, all of mm-hmm. that stuff and the, um, the emotional labor goes into being that person uh, is a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and then showing up and working like to 10 hour day, right? With yeah. Minimal breaks and a lot of pressure um, and a lot of joy and a lot of fun and sometimes frustration or mm-hmm. I mean I've been doing this for long enough that I've had my fair share of things that have made me cry mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know and then taking those photos home and sitting with them and 
going through the best of the best and editing them to make sure that what I'm delivering is an accurate portrayal of what actually happened that day and that what they're getting is lovely and classic and timeless and um, just feels like this is how it was. Mm. form kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm usually up very late in the middle of wedding season because <laughs> I think for me, when you said, I, I, I too want to kind of go back to that idea of being in the in-between. So when I was working my full-time job and I was also actively pursuing my career in wedding photography and all that that took from me and then coming home and making sure I eat dinner and making sure I spent time with my spouse and my dog and whatever. And then sitting down and working on people's photos, I never was really giving 100% right, to anything. Um, and then when I was able to quit my job, I really threw myself into that and really pursued, um, really pursued everything to the fullest, right? Like I wasn't going to a lot of conferences or doing seminars or any of that kind of stuff. I was mostly just internally working on things, like creating a really good version of myself in this industry, mm. being somebody that was kind and approachable and easy to work with when it came to other photographers because that's not always the case right Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be intimidating or um, rude Um, but then I had a baby in 2014 and that completely shifted the focus of my business again away from working during the day in my pajamas and being able to spend time with myself in the evening I was going back into that same mode of I'm spending time with my kid during the day. I'm working on the weekends, working at night. I'm just back kind of in this like middle space of still maintaining my focus, but not always in like not always in its fullest capacity. And that was mm-hmm. that was kind of a, a a struggle shift to push through and feel like it was okay. Yeah. And because it took you so long to get past the like the two jobs and all of that, right? And so then you had this little kind of period where you could focus on stuff. And then, you know, it's like every time you think, oh, we made it to this next part. I it's owed my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, of solid, like just self-sustaining entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, like, I truly believe that I was very successful during that time. And it may not have been like financially successful. And I was, I mean, I think that that is also a very valid thing to say as a woman, mm-hmm. but I was doing well, right? Like I had really worked to achieve a certain level of, um, business that was getting to a point where I was like, I mean, I was killing it, right? Like, and I'm proud to say that. Um, but the other side of being able to have the luck, right, and to have the privilege to do the job that I do is that I also kind of have the freedom to improve things and know that I have the skill and the tendency to rebuild it when the time's right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, deciding to have a child, I knew that like things were going to shift 
and change. I had to be okay with it. Um, and I was not <laughs> for a little while. And also mm-hmm. like, that's okay. Um, but I have a very special skill and I have a lot of potential and I have patience and I can, if I want to be at what I was considering like the top of my potential, I can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it may not happen right now, but I, I know it will and I, I'll make it happen. Yeah, I think, I think that's uh, an important thing for so many of us. Like there's always going to be those points where you kind of are in um, some weird resting period. I mean, having a child isn't restful, but you know what I mean? Like as far as like career and stuff and like for you, just that kind of personal stuff, like there's times when there's going to be seasons that are quieter than others. And I think that it's giving yourself that permission that is so much more important because I know you, you know me, we are very hard on ourselves. Indeed. (laughs) We try to pretend that we're like easy breezy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing easy breezy about us. Well, and when you say like, it's okay to rest, I think that we are millennials. We have fallen trapped to the idea of the hustle right and that you are not valuable unless you're hustling and that's not really fair because I mean this sounds morbid but if I was to die tomorrow like suddenly Mm -hmm. would I want my memory and my legacy to be that like she hustled never stopped or would it she valued her time and she valued her job and she valued her family and all of those things take precedence over Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. including a clean house including a clean house yes yeah. <laughs> um yeah no I I think that is a a sincere issue with a lot of people because even kind of what you were saying before about um trying to find your own space in the the wedding world because it is very much stuff. And I know a lot of this just like through you um, and then even just stuff I've seen, but overall, like I I can see how easy it would be to feel that you're copying other people or everybody's kind of doing this thing or that you have to move into this role to look like other people to be part of their group and their clique because it is a very small little world. And it is all about who you know and who recommends you. And, you know, there's, again, I know this because of you, but it's like there are certain spots of San Francisco that certain people shoot and then people will reach out to them about, you know, whatever it is. So it is, it is super competitive. Like what was the moment when you kind of felt like, oh, I'm Allison, I'm your wedding photographer. Like when you felt like, oh, I'm, I'm 100% me. This is the wedding that I'm shooting. Like, was there a moment where, I don't know, you had some kind of artistic, like thought about something that you wanted to incorporate or where you felt that you asserted some kind of authority of like, oh, I'm going to give myself permission to, to be here and do this. Right. I think it was, to me, honestly, I don't know exactly when it happened, but I think it's still difficult for me, but kind of getting over the fear of rejection Mm. and knowing that just because somebody 
calls you for a phone interview because they liked your portfolio, it doesn't mean they're going to hire you. And you have to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Unless the reason they didn't hire you is because you were terrible on the phone with them, right? And just like not kind or patient or knowledgeable. You just have to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Once I got over that fear of um, that fear of not being liked, uh, and I really, I really enjoy being liked. Like <laughs> in a very ego-driven industry, like I enjoy receiving praise. Like nobody's business. However, once I got past that initial feeling of like you have to be okay with being rejected can't let your feelings get hurt about it because they're you're a dime dozen right like, mm-hmm. so if you want to be like the shiny golden buffalo you know like, what am i saying the shiny golden penny right <laughs> you have to just look inside and say i'm gonna get on the phone with these people they sound really awesome i hope it's as knowledgeable and as wonderful as i think that they probably are and if at the end of this call they decide not to hire you, it's okay. Because I think that it's if you can feel confident in yourself and your ability and your skill and what you bring to the table, where I may not have the most creative and interesting portfolio, right? There are people out there that are miles ahead of me mm-hmm. in terms of that. And that's fine because I'm maybe not going to be there because I don't want to be there. But the thing that I can offer is who I am as a person. Right? Mm. So we may kind of look a little bit similar to another person's portfolio, right? But I have my diverse student couples. I can come to the plate as a parent, right? As a mom, and be like, I can handle all of your wedding party because I'm a mom and I have a lot of patience. <laughs> if I can just look at the key parts of myself and who I am as a human, aside from who I am as an artist, present that to people, then I think that that puts me kind of ahead of the game. Mm. Instead of trying to turn myself into somebody else or what my Instagram grid looks like or with what kind of networking events I'm getting invited to, I don't get invited to networking events, by the way. I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't want to chase that. Like, I don't want to chase notoriety within my industry. Not because I don't think, not because I think there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not, I'm not doing it for that, right? I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the people who see my work, connect with me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it for my kids, right? I think that I set a really good example to my kids about pursuing my passion, mm-hmm. but not letting that pursuit of passion also sacrifice who I am as a person or as their parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just a lot of like, self-introspection which is mm-hmm. hard it's not mm-hmm. I'm sure you know you wrote a book <laughs> yeah no and um the whole like choosing over chasing thing right. is something that I feel so hard because I think sometimes that I I can look at a few like a few things but it's like you you feel like you keep chasing something because someone else said that or you feel like this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And when you actually take a step back and it's like, (laughs) but why am I chasing this thing? Like, why do I feel that I have to chase all of, all of these different expectations or, you know, even 
when I moved back from LA the first time, I remember, you know, people, people had decided what all of that looked like, you know, that, oh, that was the end of, you're never going to want to move back to LA. You're never going to want to do this. You're never going to want to do that. And so in some ways though, to prove everyone wrong, I was still chasing this thing that I still did want, but I think that I chased it so much, even when it changed, like, even though I knew thing, I could feel that things were changing and I could feel that maybe it would look different. I didn't want to come back to other people and say, Hey, this is the thing that just didn't work because you know, like you try anything that is not conventional. And I think that people still don't understand, like younger people still don't, like maybe get like how some, I say adults, I mean, like we're adults, but like, you know, our parents or like our, you know, our parents, friends or something like may not necessarily understand this entrepreneurial, like, you know, uh, spirit, this thing of like, Hey, I don't know. I'm just figuring it out because most of our friends, like we all, like we all were graduating or whatever, like in 2008, 2009, like stuff was very, very different for us. So I think that it's you, you're chasing something because you're like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And then it doesn't work out so well. I think too, the feeling of I need to live up to the potential that you believe that I have and not the potential that I believe I have, which would be something completely different. You know, we all believe like our children are destined for great things, right? You're going to be an ice skater. You're going to be a gymnast. You're going to be on the Supreme Court, right? And we all have these kind of feelings of want for them. And I think our inclination, our parents' inclination, and sometimes we need to talk more than we listen and to kind of push that that feeling and that belief onto us instead mm-hmm. of just saying, I am going to support this project or whatever it is that you're doing. And if you choose to take a different direction or if you fail, which is fine, I will still be here for you, right? And that's not always, I think that we have this pressure to well, I was always told that I was I would do this, or always told that I would do that, and if I don't do those things. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I find that really hard as a parent to not push that on. Mostly Hazel, right? Mostly my older child, who is so dramatic. It's <laughs> the only word I can <laughs> I can say, right? I see a lot in her. And who she could potentially be as an adult, but then I have to step back and remind myself she's four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an adult, she could change something in her life, could dramatically shift. Mm-hmm. She could decide that she doesn't like to dance anymore, or to sing, or to do whatever it is that she's doing. And I have to be okay with it mm-hmm. and not say, "Well, I always thought that you would do X, Y, or Z." Instead of, "I'm proud of you for doing what you're in right now." Mm-hmm. And I think validating somebody's project and validating decision to take a step back from that project or take it in a different direction, just not pursue it anymore is really important for emotional like health and growth. Mm-hmm. And I have a question for you. So um, 
So you had, because you have two girls. And so it's been just, you know, more shifts. That's a, you know, that's a lot. Was there ever a point where if you weren't working so much or you weren't doing things so much, cause you've, you've always still been shooting, yeah. um, photographing I, every time I say shooting for like film or whatever, I feel like, I know. I know. <laughs> so I I, one of one of my one of my bosses one time he left me like a napkin I still have it and he said like so and so will shoot so and so later <laughs> but it was like for filming and I was like yo if anyone ever saw this we're all in trouble if something happened if something if something <laughs> went sideways um but was there ever a point where and I know that like you were a bit you were still a business owner but like is there ever a point where you didn't know what to call yourself or when, if someone would ask you like what you did for work? Cause I feel like some, and this is just a thing for me. Like if I'm not fully doing something or I'm like, still like, I don't know, I kind of, I do this a little bit. And, but I, I, I hate that question. I never know how to answer it. So much pressure. It's so much pressure. pressure though. Cause no, nobody, but it's like it's also such a weird question anyway because that doesn't I mean it tells you about somebody but it doesn't really but was there ever a point in those in-between things when you weren't able to like fully do your stuff girl that you all the time (laughs) all the time like I meet people around town and I'm trying to be like incredibly connected within the business community in this in this city I meet people all the time and they're like, what do you do? And I'm just like, oh, I'm a photographer. And I get really weirdly casual about it, except like I am a photographer. Like I make money. I pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I am legitimate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I still feel that like, but who am I, right? Mm-hmm. And that feeling of when you are an entrepreneur and <laughs> uh, let me rephrase that when you are a female entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I think that that's also really important to add the piece of the puzzle is, that I struggle with is that when I talk to somebody about what I do, I don't want to feel like I'm selling to them. Because that's my fear, right? So I'll like, yeah. because this is the story that I just had like two weeks ago. So I was at a play date, of course. <laughs> I was at a play date. <laughs> met this mom at the library and her son is a little bit older than uh than my youngest and so know each other yet so we were just kind of talking about what we do and I had mentioned that you know I have been kind of working a little bit more lately and that it felt nice to be getting back into the groove of what the new season was bringing and she was like oh what do you what do you do like what's your side hustle kind of is what she said you know and I said oh I'm a photographer but I felt this immediate like don't make it seem like you're selling to her. Don't make it seem like you only became friends with her because you see her as a potential client mm-hmm. who could pay your bills someday, right? Like that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that are clients, right? I have people that come back to me every single year for photos, right? And we've built a relationship outside of business, mm-hmm. but we enrich each other's lives in that way as well, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the, I go into a new business in town, talk to somebody, and of course in my mind, I would love to with them right 
but also I feel that sense of don't make it seem like you're pushing. Don't make it seem like you're trying to just make money off of them. Like you're just trying to make a genuine connection in the hopes that maybe someday they will yeah. decide to hire you. I don't know if men do that. Like I don't I don't think that men are conditioned to downplay their talent in the way that women are. No, they would walk they, into a new business and leave the door open with their camera and be like I shall photograph you now. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to be that person, but I think that I sometimes downplay how successful I have become because mm. I don't want to make it seem like I'm just trying to make money off of someone. I know. And so, isn't that so, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't make money off of, you know, I'm like, well, even like doing like my podcast for whatever, you know, even with that, like it, when people would ask, like, I would be even weird about saying that I had a podcast because I was like, I don't want them thinking that like they should listen. No, you should fucking listen to this. Like you should, you should all of your friends. Like I will tell you that. And it's just, I, it's funny because when you had said, you know, Fred like was pushing you to like you do this, like this, this can be a thing. It's a thing. I remember telling my dad, like, yeah, you know, I'm really trying to, uh, to get people to, um, my website more than like, you know, social media or whatever, because I don't necessarily hang out there so much as far as like building community or I, I don't, that's not how I want to reach people. Right they find me that way. That's fine. But anyway, um, I was like, yeah, so I'm trying to like direct people more towards that. And my outro was, you know, go to amandapollock.com. And so I was home last year and we were at a party or something and somebody was asking about my podcast and they were like, where, where can I find it? And I started to say iTunes. I mean, I was like, amandapollock.com. And, but like, I mean, he, but it was, he was lit. It was, it was just crazy of like, he was listening to the things that I said, but I couldn't even listen to what I was saying. Right. Right. And that happens to so many of us. It's like seeing the thing in us, right. That we don't always see in ourselves. And I think it's important to always have a cheerleader or a champion or somebody that even if you fail at something to be like, you know what, that super sucked. And I'm sorry that you went through it. Mm-hmm. So- like you'll move past this. I have had really bad experiences with clients. Like it just happens. You're in the business for long enough. It mm-hmm. happens. And so to have a group of other creatives on, behind me and to have a spouse behind me to say, screw them. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. You'll move past it. It's okay. Like that's And the same thing of like, you are building something important. Don't give credit to anybody else. Right? Like, yeah, that credit because you deserve it. You know, I had. Oh, I have a story. I have to tell you a story. Yeah, I think that it's important for me now that I'm like, I so solidly identify as a mother. I think that that's really important. Like, I am a business owner. I'm a photographer. I'm so much more than a mother, but I am a mother. And I was at, um, just like hanging out at a friend's house, and the neighbor came by. And she's older. She's like my mom's. I think she's about my mom's age, right? So she's. Mm-hmm. Not a millennial, right? <laughs> um, not even a Gen Xer. Um, and she was asking what I do, and I said, oh, "I'm a photographer." And 
I've been working a lot with families lately. That's kind of just the way that my business did. She, I will never forget the phrase that she said to me. She said, oh, I know a lot of moms that kind of do that as a hobby on the side. And I said, it's not a hobby. And I didn't know what else to say to her except for it's not a hobby. <laughs> well, I've been doing this for almost 10 years. <laughs> like, I didn't, I just, like, I was dumbfounded. I have never had anybody say that to me before. But also it was a wake-up call for me that you can be both, right? Like, you can be a mother and you can be successful at your business. And your idea of success may not be the same as somebody else's, right? Like, I am definitely not pulling in six figures, right? Like, not happening. And that's okay because I'm happy with the projects that I'm doing. and I'm happy with the people that are finding it. It's not a hobby. Mm-hmm. No. And, oh, man. I hmm because I feel, mm-hmm, yeah, it's funny that you say that because now I'm thinking of an instance where I was telling someone what I was working on or, you know, whatever, before like the book was, because this book came out of a different book, um, <laughs> but as it happens, but someone was like, oh, you know, so like, how are you like able to like pay your bills and how, you know, whatever. And I you know, of course, get angry at first, but I was like, well, I'm Mm self-funded. And I heard that from a friend, but for some reason it was like that thing of like, no, no, this isn't just like a hobby or this isn't something like I'm self-funding this so that eventually it will, all of this will work together. Like, I don't have to explain all of this to you. Like, I think people when they ask those questions or which some of them are very well-meaning. I don't mean to be like, right. Or all terrible. She was well-meaning when she said that because she didn't understand. Right. I just had to blow her mind a little bit. Yeah. And remind her that like, I can be a work at home parent and like contribute to the funds of my household. Mm-hmm. Be a woman and mm-hmm. all of those things. And that that's not, uncommon I mean is a stay-at-home mom and doing it on the side as a hobby that's great people need creative outlets but to just assume that yeah that because I'm a mother and I'm doing this thing it's just like I need something to do with my free time I have no free time (laughs) (laughs) you're like I can't be by myself right (laughs) I I will run away if I can um which reminds me of like that Mother's Day card that I, th- I feel like you've gotten it more than one year where it's like, please don't leave us. Um, My husband yeah. made me a birthday card that literally said, please don't leave us. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. like, but really, please but really don't. <laughs> um, so what are some of the things that you are working on or looking forward to or what are you excited about right now? Okay, so 2018 was a lot of growth for me and kind of reconfiguring what I want in the next five, really five years. Because let's be honest, I cannot do a 10-year plan. I just can't, right? Like The industry is changing. It's just I'm changing. Life changes. So if we're being ambitious, my five-year plan, but really my two-year plan, um, 2018 was a lot of growth. I had a baby in 2017. And so it was really like, as I had learned after having my first child, my business kind of 
died down a little bit. It didn't go away. I just wasn't getting the same level of work. Yeah. Um, but I was very fortunate to make a lot of really amazing connections in 2018 that are kind of drawing me in a different direction. I only have, I only have four weddings this year and I'm not actively pursuing any more than those four. If more come my way, I will gratefully take them. Um, but I only have four weddings. And because of that, I'm really trying to pursue working with women business owners. Um, I have been very lucky to get a job with a pretty well-known winery. And I'm working with their brand. And I love wineries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Also, they send me home with wine. So, like, I can complain <laughs> at all. Um, but it is, like, the face of the winery is a woman one of their brands, the head of the brand is a woman, and the maker is also a woman, which I think is really important because it's definitely a male-owned industry, and they're really helping to kind of change that face. Um, so for me, my year has really been pushing more towards creating branding content and really, like, dynamic and lovely and personable content for mm-hmm. businesses. Um, there's nothing wrong with a black backdrop. I used it <laughs> this year because it was raining, right? There's nothing wrong with a black backdrop headshot. But I think that there is a certain market for a more approachable branding suite, right? Of like more naturally shot photos and um, ways to draw out. It's like more fun, mm-hmm. I guess. Even too, but a lot of women in businesses, right? that own businesses, right? A bookstore or a coffee shop or a restaurant or a wine label. Um, for example, I worked with Man Name Drop because I want to. <laughs> um, back in January, I got to work for Coppola. I did headshots for 15 people on the team. The very first person I shot that day was the new president of sales for the Coppola family wine brand and she was the very first female president of sales for the company and I did not want a black blazer arms crossed super serious headshot because that was what I think people expect of women to take them seriously um, mm-hmm. is a like uptight image right and so I met this woman she came in wearing like blundstones and jeans and t-shirt and I was like really casual and kind had kind of this East Coast glow about her. I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) Um, And she was kind of my catalyst for realizing that that's where I want to go. It's like, I need these people that are doing really amazing, incredible things. Or breaking barriers. Or even not even breaking barriers, but just like doing something that's really awesome and creating content for them that showcases how truly awesome they really are. Mm. Uh, creating content for them that looks like what is marketable. Mm-hmm. So, and part of that is I've, I've worked with bloggers this year. I have, I call her an influencer because I like to think she is influencing for the good. Um, a blogger who's a plastic free lifestyle, like zero waste blogger. And I create a lot of like Instagram blog content for her. And a lot of it is just very much like 
making sure that you're showcasing her as a true and real person and not mm-hmm. just overly posed, overly lit, overly kind of um or like marketed. Yeah. But she's just like a real person who's yeah. doing the thing and is a team like the thing that she's doing is attainable and she is approachable and she is knowledgeable and also like can take a nice photo. Mm-hmm. So I think while I really love weddings and I think that they're a lot of fun, um, for me trying to create some like genuine connections with women that are just forging their own paths, um, mm-hmm. their own, like creating their own careers, you know, like, I mean, to think that you could have a full-time job as a serial waste blogger is really incredible, right? Like, I mean, five years ago, who would have thought that that would exist, right? Well, also, so, I think it's so fun that you've pivoted in such a way that you didn't even see I did a few years it. ago. Yeah. Like, I remember when you first started posting some of the branded stuff that you were doing and you were really excited about it. And there was something in it too where I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Like there was never, because also too, if you're a photographer, yes, there's different, you know, there's different things that um, like shooting food is different than anything else. And, you know, weddings are totally different and stuff. But I feel like if you get the essence of what is happening, then you also will allow yourself that room and space to grow and you're even just you talking about this right now, like I can feel your excitement, you know, with like with this Instagram blogger and then like all of these other things that you've been able to do, like it, I don't know, like, does it, does it remind you that like, you don't just have to be that one thing? Right. That I don't have to be defined by the thing that I started my career doing. Right. Like I still work with families and taking photos of families and creating genuine connections with families because I think that that's really valuable. I still like to shoot weddings. I particularly really like to shoot like diverse, mm-hmm. kind of offbeat, simple weddings, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of what speaks to my heart. Um, however, I am also allowed to diversify my own life and my own talents and my own skills. And not even necessarily in a photography-related sense, right? Because I think that if you have a good eye and mm-hmm. you can take a good photo, that's fine. But you have to have a certain personality for it. You have to have a certain, um, you have to have a certain drive to know, like, when it's time to take a new direction and how to push yourself into that direction. And mm-hmm. I think that 2018 was the year that I realized. I wanted to go in a certain direction and I was able to get a lot of opportunities to do that and 2018 was my year to start to push myself forward in that direction mm-hmm. in a way that I wasn't able to do last year right like I couldn't just cold call people and be like hey you run the bookshop or mm-hmm. you run the super awesome home decor store or you run the successful restaurant you need better content you need better photos you need to put your face out there because you are valuable as a woman in this community. I wasn't able to do that because I had a new baby in the house and I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of other things. And now I can take that idea of I don't have to define myself. Nobody else has to define me. 
and what I do, I can do whatever I want. I really can. I mean, even within legal limits, right? <laughs> like, I can do whatever I want. Like, I could not do weddings at all anymore. I could mm-hmm. not do feelings at all anymore. I could only do branding. I could only do headshots. I could only do whatever. And mm-hmm. that's okay because I have a really awesome job that allows me that freedom mm-hmm. to work mm-hmm. on a path and then take a different fork in the road or create another trail off the side and then maybe come back to the thing that I was doing before. Yes. And to know that all that stuff is still going to be there for me, right? Mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not burning bridges. I'm not like mm-hmm. you know, cutting ties. I'm not doing any of those things. I'm just packing a different bag. Yeah. Ooh, taking I like little, that. Like, right? Like taking a little segue and maybe I'll come back to weddings or maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do that. And I mean, even like in December, in December, because this is just how it gets in this industry every December. I think everybody thinks that they need to get a new job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're a photographer and you get through the end of your season and like you hit Christmas and then you hit New Year and you have to like start doing your taxes. I'm pretty sure everyone is like, ah, do you need to get a full-time job now? Is it, <laughs> is it time? I don't know. And I thought that for a moment, I thought maybe I should just get a full-time job. Like mm. Hazel's going to start kindergarten. I can get the other one to daycare. Like, and then I realized that that sounded like a terrible idea. <laughs> like just terrible. <laughs> so I, I sucked up those feelings of like inadequacy and then mm-hmm. the rest of two that, you know, I hit December of 2018 and was like, oh my God, how am I going to sustain this? Like, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. And then the beginning of January hit and it was like, I was hiring, Coppola, Coppola hired me literally within like two weeks. They called me and hired me to do this shoot. Like it was so just crazy. an incredible opportunity. It's awesome. That really like set me on this path this year of, you don't have to get a full-time job. Like you have the skills to do this. Mm. You just have to like get past your tiredness or get past the fear of not being able to accomplish a goal and just mm-hmm. set a new goal and like reach that and like know mm-hmm. that you're going to be fine. I heard a quote one time and it was, um, didn't hear it. I saw it on Instagram. Let's be real. <laughs> but um, it said that um, it's this guy, he's a, he's out of LA. He's like a inspirational speaker. His name's Aaron White. And it said, um, when uh, nothing is certain, anything can happen. And yes, it was, I mean, that just like, that spoke so much to me because that's exactly what you were just talking about. Like in those moments where you're like, what, what, what am I going to do? Like you, you look at everything that you know, And you're like, well, there's no way that X, Y, and Z could happen. There's no way that I could, you know, get new clients or that, you know, revenue could be coming in in a different way. And I think sometimes we just underestimate the universe, God, whatever it is that, you know, you believe, like we just underestimate like that maybe somebody else had, it took, took them two weeks to see something on the internet of yours or for someone to talk about you, like you have no idea, like how far your reach it's is. So true. Yeah. That's so true. 
the amount of connections that I've been able to make just by being a genuinely nice person. Like, I'm not always nice, right? Like, I mean, nobody is ever always nice, right? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't describe but, myself as nice. <laughs> That's not a descriptor I would use. Most people who I'm know me. I'm sure there are people that don't describe me as nice either, but. I <laughs> no, but you are that. like, no, you're, yeah. Yeah. We have to I, balance each other out. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite ends of the Scorpio spectrum. <laughs> um, I think that by just trying to be kind and warm and like knowledgeable and open person Mm -hmm. has served me so well that I remind myself that even in times of doubt when I'm like well is this really what I want to do what's my next step or do I need to get another job or right like just uncertainty I have to and it's hard I don't always do this but I have Mm -hmm. to remind myself like who you are is good when you are enough and you have a skill, you can do this. I sometimes struggle as a parent, especially as like a stay-at-home parent. But there are days when I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think that I can do this. Mm. I'm definitely not doing this well. Which is difficult, right? There's mm-hmm. crying, there's food on the floor, and the dog is barking, there's no naps, and all of those things, right? But then, at the end of the day, the kids are in bed, and we are all still like healthy and safe and happy and I did it right like every single day is an accomplishment for me and I didn't really awaken to that until I had kids because my life was pretty easy right like I got really I got really lucky when it came to my business starting and then I got so much attention and so many awesome clients and we have very my failure was very well right my financial rate was not great either, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> I won't tell you what I was shooting weddings for when I started because no, it's real sad. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah, it is true. So for a long time, that stuff was just really easy for me, right? Like I got very lucky and that was easy. And obviously there was a lot of growing pains, right? Mm-hmm. How to make it work and make it sustainable. Um, but then having throwing kids into the mix was like, oh no, this is not easy. <laughs> every day is an accomplishment and every day is a chance to be better than you were the day before. And if you aren't the next day better than you were, then that's also okay because mm-hmm. everybody is fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same thing when you look at like passion projects, right? Where it's something that you really want to make happen. Like you want to get it off the ground and really want to get these people, really want to get this product really want to do whatever and if it happens right away then that's awesome right but if it doesn't that's also okay just you continue to pursue it and just have faith in who you are and know that like you are capable Mm -hmm. of accomplishing the goals and like that is like what gets us over the finish line more than just like well it's really hard I don't want to do it anymore you know yes I feel all of that so, which also kind of leads me into my last, my, um, my last question for you. So what would be something that you would tell young Allison? Okay. <laughs> Knowing what you know now, what would you tell her? I think that I would probably tell me past self, uh, 
I have to thank therapy for this one too, which is important, right? I would tell myself confidence is key. And that's confidence in everything, right? Confidence in your ability to just say no, which I am not good at. Um, confidence in your ability to say yes to things that scare you. Uh, confidence in just who you are as a human. And that everything that you do and everything that you fail at and everything that accomplish everything that you do all comes from within and your faith that you have in yourself and I kind of went down a few paths here or there that I thought I wanted to do right like I'm gonna I'm gonna go to community college or maybe I'm gonna move to LA because I don't really know what I want to do in my life or maybe I'm gonna do this maybe I'm gonna do that and I think it's because I didn't really have something saying you need to sit down and truly write down what is important to you and truly write down what makes you feel like a whole human and what mm. makes you feel confident and what makes you feel accomplished, right? And I try to think that I will instill that into my kids. <laughs> I hope that I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but confidence is key. And, and I think too, as a young woman and part of just the society that we're in, we kind of believe that confidence only comes from how we look or how accomplished we are, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And not how strong we can be and not how brave we can be in the face of uncertainty or how gracious we can be when we fail or when we upset someone or when we've hurt their feelings, right? Mm -hmm. All of those things, I believe, are the most important key to who we are and what confidence truly is, right? Just be steadfast and like be okay with disappointing people because you can't please everybody and be okay with forging a path that feels new. Mm-hmm. You know? So for me, it's like confidence. I don't always have it. I, you know, I'm almost 33 years old and I'm still I'm like, oh. We are a long way from 33, okay? We just turned 32, all right? Okay. I turned 33 a day before you do, so let's not jump ahead. Good grief. Sound like my mom. As soon as she turns one age, then she's already, like, on to the next. I was like, whoa. We are 32 years young. 32 years young. I have learned a lot about how to just be confident in who I am. And I, I falter at that a lot. Like I mm-hmm. still struggle with, am I capable of handling this? Like, am I capable of being able to work at this job that I work that demands so much of my brain capacity while also like taking care of two kids and being like a good spouse and being a good friend and being the daughter like all of those things like am I truly capable of that stuff and I am am I capable of being 110 percent or even like 90 percent probably not and that's also okay but reminding myself like be confident you are capable like you are who you are meant to be and what you're doing right now is what you're meant to be doing you may not be doing it like you may not be at the quote top of your game but you're still like valid you're still good and you are still talented and you are still successful be confident Allison (laughs) 
you know that I send you, I mean, I, I send you messages sometimes, you know, cause I would not describe myself as nice, but I would say that <laughs> I am, um, very like sentimental and, you know, like I'm, I have all of the feels and I will, like, if I feel something, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just going to send you a message, <laughs> but, um, you know, cause I think it's also important for other people to hear, you know, that. I like I see you and I see all of the stuff that you've done and gone through and I I don't know I just I hope that you know you know that like I'm patting you on the back and I hope that you pat yourself on the back some like because I know how hard you and I can be on ourselves and when we don't feel like like I know when I'm sucking when I'm like I ain't being a good friend I ain't being a good whatever like if I'm (laughs) like, I know when I'm being a brat, like I, like I am fully aware of of everything that Amanda is and I don't always like myself, but I think that it's important to have friendships like this, where even if there are times where you can't talk all the time or you can't see each other or whatever, like it's still I got you, you know, like I'm still cheering you on from here. Like when I see you, it's like no time has passed. We got to go to Target, see if everything, you know, (laughs) is still there. Although they changed some candles that I've been getting for years. I'm actually, I will tell you, I was very upset when I went, but, um, (laughs) you know, the important things, but but no, I mean, I don't know. I think of so much. I mean, you're you're in the book a lot. Um, but I'm just so thankful that, you know, we we met when we did and that we're still friends. And yes. um, you know, it's just it's funny because we hated each other when we first met. We hated <laughs> I, each other. We hated each other. I was like, like please you. note how much we did not like each other when we, we did met. not. We did not, we were not fans of each other. We were not (laughs) friends. And I said that in front of your mom one time and she got like angry. She's like, you didn't like my daughter. I was like, uh, yo, Stephanie, she didn't like me either. Okay. Like it was mutual. Right. And then I don't know how we became friends, but we would watch the Hills together. Yes. Yes. You know, do you feel like sometimes some of the most strongest friendships are forged in like the beginning of a misunderstanding right just yeah I just didn't understand you yeah right and it came out of like my not liking you came out of just not understanding who you were and like that's potential as a person right Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes I get that way where I get like intimidated by people and I'm like oh I don't really like that but why why what is it is it that I just don't understand who they are and then I have a lack of self-confidence about mm. my ability to like pick their brain? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, no, I can definitely see that. And sometimes I just assume that somebody doesn't like me. So I decide that I just don't like them or <laughs> I think if you know me, you know that's probably true. Where I'm like, well, whatever, I'm just not going to like you first. Um, and see, I'm the total opposite end of that, where I'm like, you have to like me. 
please like me. I need you to like me. Why, why don't you like me? It's, it's bad. <laughs> I don't know that I, I don't know that mine is like very good because it's very much, I've dealt with this a little bit recently where I know that people like wanted me to have like different reactions or whatever. And I'm like, I think you don't understand. Like I am 100% Amanda all the time. Right. Sometimes I make myself sick. I'm going to be real. But, and sometimes I'm like, I should probably have said something different. I should probably say something different, but I'm not gonna. And so, yeah, sometimes I wish I knew what that felt like. <laughs> like <laughs> not good. Not, not good. There's <laughs> probably someplace in the middle we can probably get to. I know. I hope. Here's the thing. 15 years from now, you're going to do a reunion oh, okay. book tour. Okay. And you're going to ask, what would you tell your 32.5-year-old <laughs> self? Okay, we're not even quite there yeah, yet. That's true. <laughs> <gasps> what would you tell that person? And I don't know. I bet mine would be stop trying to be liked so much. <laughs> You're fine. <clears throat> mine probably would be just let it be. Yeah. Like just you've never been able to control anything up until this point. So right. anything else that happens. Right. It's probably going to happen whether you like it or not. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I don't know. People ask like, oh, so what's the next thing? Who knows? God, what's happening? Because right. every time I make a plan, you just like <laughs> fuck that straight up. So, <laughs> um, well, lady, I'm so glad that we got to do this. And um, where... Can the people find you? Oh, you can find me at alisonandres.com. I'm also on Instagram as alisonandres if you want uh, just silly clips of my kids and the chickens. <laughs> Sometimes myself talking to the camera about really ridiculous things. <laughs> uh, I really like to connect with people on Instagram. So I don't necessarily use it as a marketing platform, but I do find that it's just as I am as a person really loving to make genuine connections, it's a really good place for that. Like yeah. I'll have full on conversations and DMs with people because just enjoy it. So I love that. Find Instagram. <laughs> finder. Finder finder. Um well thanks lady. I'm Thank so you. excited that we gotta do this. And thank you for tuning in to the reincarnated book tour. Um, so, you know, you know where to find me, as my dad would say, amandapollock.com. Uh, make sure you go buy that book and give a dollar to St. Jude because you know you want to. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in and can't wait to be with you next week.